The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Sammy Taramina. Welcome to OAA Now here. I'm Sammy Taramina, blogger of the Dragons Insider, blogger of Inside the OAA, and one of the hosts of Tween Taminas on Oriented Television. Like welcome those watching on the local voice on SoundCloud and also watching on ON TV and we're able to television this week. You're not here again this week. Um I'll be riding solo this week. So we got a lot to look at, obviously, um around the league. Oddly enough, it's the final it was the final week of the 2020-2021 school year. It was a very, very challenging year for everybody. I mean, myself included. Um things that I never would have thought I would have had to do, especially having the right to Governor Gretchen Whitmer about the mental and emotional state of high school sports. Um, but we're here, and I know somewhere MHA Executive Director Mark Yule is taking a victory lap right now. So I'm really, really happy that for him, for, um, for the MHA, um, you know, that they – Made their, they got their promise, promise capped. You know what I mean? That they would have three full seat, they were three seasons, um, and they had them. So, a lot to look at recapping the year, obviously. Um, we're gonna do that later on. Um, we got some basketball news to talk about, obviously. Um, two new coaches, um, named at Rochester and Rochester Adams. Um, you know, what impacts that both coaches are gonna make with their respective programs. Um, also, we're going to also look at, obviously, the, um, in, oh, we're going to look at, of course, um, Troy Athens, of course, they were the only OA team left, um, that was, that played this weekend, um, but, unfortunately, um, you know, they, things just didn't go their way, and, um, you know, and, unfortunately, you know, what happened to them was, um, in the state finals, really, really tough to watch, so, you know, so let's look at everybody. Um, let's look at the um, what happened. Obviously, when you look at um, baseball, Division One obviously went to Grand Blank. Um, so when you look at Grand Blank, you know their path. I mean, you know their path was um, not as not as strong. But I was shocked that they did to Birmingham Brother Rice. That was really impressive what they did to them, and then they beat Portage Central. Um, uh, but the weather delays, you know, that was pretty much one of the most. One of the storylines, obviously, was the weather delays. Of course, it was not a good weather weekend um, down here. I mean, like, um, especially for the state final. Um, but a lot of a lot of surprises, obviously. Um, softball, you got South Lion, Owasso, Unionville, Seabowing um, were crowned state champions in softball. Um, but soccer's the one we gotta, we're going to talk about here because um, that game for Athens, obviously, when you get... Um, for Athens, it was just, you know, all year this team was ranked number one in the state. Um, they were the Hunters. Um, they were the Hunted, my bad. They were the Hunted. And, you know, they ran into a Heartland team that, you know, that's big. They got height. I mean, like, they got size. I mean, like, they had everything. And the first goal of the game really told the story um, of where that game was going to go. And Hartland got it, and unfortunately for Troy Athens, you know they just couldn't, they 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 were they just couldn't get the equalizer, and they 
and then Heartland scored again, you know, and then you're in a two old two old hole and then you know, and then, you know, you're really you're really desperate trying to get that goal and then, and then you couldn't get it. And you know, and then Heartland scores again, it's three nil and then it's four nil. So you know, so nothing Athens could have done in that game against Heartland where, you know, where things could have just gone either way. I mean, like, I thought Hart, I thought Athens would have had a good chance to win that game. Um, I really, really thought that Heartland would be, uh, um, that Athens would um, use her speed, quickness, you know what I mean? That would be a difference in that game against Heartland. I was just really, really surprised how um, that panned out. Um, I just couldn't believe watching that game, you know, that it looked like on paper, you know, Athens was the better team, but Heartland, you know, they came out of nowhere and shocked everybody. I remember what they did against Lake Orion. I mean, like, you know, they scored two, they scored um two early goals. I mean, like when they beat Novi, they scored a late goal. And I mean, with Heartland, you know, I just couldn't believe that how they beat Athens. This, and you're looking at a team that, you know, they've been number one in the state all year. I mean, just have been just dominant. I mean, this team has been dominant. And then all of a sudden, um, here's Heartland. And Heartland just basically outplays them. And they just dominate them. So when you look at Athens now, Athens finishes the year, I think they're 17-2-1. And... That's a pretty good year when you really look at it for Athens. That's a pretty good year. I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at Athens, um, it was their first day final since 2000, which I really, I'll admit that I did not know that it was 21 years that Troy Athens hadn't made a state final in Division One or Class A. I mean, I did not know that, that they would go that. Um, so... To me, you know, and especially what they did against Ann Arbor Skyline where um, in the semifinals, they they were the better team. I mean, they dominated Skyline. Um, and they, um, I know Skyline's got a very good goalie, good freshman goalie. Uh, but Athens found a way and won that one 2-0 to get to the finals. Um, I know Jillian Siak, I mean, like, Hat was very instrumental in that. Of course, I know her from a girls' basketball days. Of course, she plays girls' basketball for Coach Stacey Klump. Um, but when you look at the game against Skyline, you know, for um, Troy Athens, I mean, a lot of people are going to say, well, you're playing three miles from your home stadium. You know, you're playing three miles at your old tribal school in Troy. Um, yeah, that's true, but, you know, but, um, but you can't, you don't know if... Um, they put in for it, or like if um, or if other schools put in for it, obviously. But um, but for Troy Athens to go from Warren Cousineau to your home field at Troy Athens, and then the Troy, you know, that's a pretty nice pass to get there. You know, it's a pretty nice pass. Um, so when you really look at it, I mean, for Troy Athens, I mean, like basically, you know, you can get your fans there. You can get your um. You can get your, um, you can get, I mean, like, you can get your fans there. I mean, like, that's obvious when you look at what Troy Athens, um, with the, um, with the close proximity. So, so, you know, when you look at Troy Athens, obviously, um, 
you know, I mean, it was a great year for them. Really, really good year. Um, looking at it from girls' soccer perspective, obviously, um, you know, with the Neil A, um, a lot of people are going to look at, obviously, Lake Orion. Um, when you look at what the Dragons did this year, um, getting the regional final, I mean, a lot of people are going to look at Troy Athens' run um, to the state final. Um, Lake Orion's probably the most surprised out of everybody. Um, just how they knocked off Grand Blank. I mean, nobody thought that would be would come. I mean, and then knocked off a good Wild Lake um, Northern team for falling to Heartland. Um, so when you really look at it, I mean, when you really look at the um, soccer season, of course, we know Rochester had a good year. Adams had a good year. Stony Creek had a good year. Um, Troy had a good year. Um, until they ran into um, New Baltimore and Bay where they lost on penalties. Um, I mean, and then you look at, um, obviously, the rest of the league, obviously. I mean, like, it looked like, to me, it was basically... And then Oxford had a nice year as well. So, when you really look at it here, obviously, you know, it was a good year for soccer. It was a really, really good year for girls' soccer. Um, to see these teams, like... Um, these powerhouse teams, you know what I mean, do what they do. Unfortunately for the three Rochester schools, they're gonna have to, they would have to play each other, um, which ended up happening. Um, and then, you know, when you look at Lake Orion, Clarkson, Oxford, they got sent north um, with Grand Blank, um, Davison, and um, Lapeer. And then you look at, obviously, um, you know, so I mean, obviously, with West Bloomfield, they got sent with um, Walter Wild Lakes, um, Lakeland, Milford. Um, I mean, for the OA, it was a pretty good year. I mean, it was a pretty good year in soccer. I mean, obviously, you know, that's how you really look at it, obviously. I mean, you know, it was a pretty good year for the OA in soccer. Um, now, let's go to some... Soccer news, um, we did talk a little bit of baseball, softball, obviously. Um, baseball, Grand Blank winning the um, Division One state title. Um, to me, to me, I was really surprised how they dominated Birmingham Brother Rice um, and then knocked off Portage Central. Um, softball, as I mentioned earlier, um, three, I know, Unionville Siebling won Division Four. I've got to give some love to them, the Patriots up in Huron County. Um um, the USA, the Patriots. Um, I got to give some congrats to Owasso, obviously. Um, they won a division, I think, Division Two state title. They won that one. And then Division One Sot Lion um, took home the Division One state title, knocking off. Um, I got to look at who they knocked off. I mean, like, my brain's just, you know, in and out. Oh, knocking off Allen Park. Um, so that was the team that they um, knocked off. So, so congratulations to the baseball, softball, state champions, um, girls soccer state champions as well. So, you know, so when you really look at it, um, that is probably to me one of the most, um, it, it was very challenging this year, especially looking at it, you know, not having a season like the MHA did not have last year because of COVID-19, um, and to have a season, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Mark Yol, you know what I mean, should be doing the victory lap right now. He should be doing the victory lap. And I'm really, and a lot of these kids, the athletic directors, coaches, parents, student athletes, all get credit. They all get credit for it. 
I mean, like they all get they they should take some credit too. I mean, without them, you know, I mean, there's no sports, there's no season. So that's my um early indicators. I'll go more in depth, especially with the um state champions that were crowned this year in the OA. We had four state champions um in the league. Um good year for some athletic departments, obviously. Good year for some athletic programs. Um, but let's now go to some um basketball news. Obviously, when you look at basketball, I mean, you know, you're looking at of course you're starting summer league, you're gonna start you're starting off with um, you know, you got I mean like Things are getting underway, obviously. The summer ball action, obviously, was one of them. Um, let's, I mean, obviously, when you look at summer league ball, I mean, like, um, to me, to me, summer league is all about developing kids, all about developing your talents, especially getting ready for winter. I mean, that's how I view summer league. I mean, you know, it's not about wins and losses. Um, it's about, you know, developing and getting better. You know, and I, and... You know, and I saw, you know, what I what I've been seeing at Lake Orion on um a couple nights, you know, in the girls' summer league. Obviously, um, I think you're looking at teams getting better, and you know, there's other leagues as well that are doing the same thing. You know, you know, I look at it on Twitter every day. I look at it on there, and you know, I am very impressed with um a lot of these teams. Um, pretty much the team I was most impressed with during the summer league. I mean, in the summer league so far, it's Oak Park. I mean, when you look at the Knights, how they um, performed against them um, in the, um, I mean, like in that district um, semifinal loss to Detroit Renaissance, um, how um, that occurred. I mean, we know how that occurred. But but um, I think they're getting better. I really think the Knights are getting better. I like Ashton Henderson a lot. I like what um, Bilotta Miller's been doing. Um, they got some talent on that team. I mean, but I'm curious to see how that talent would go from summer to winter. You know, sometimes, you know, you know, when you're playing against good competition, you know what I mean, year in, year out, you know, you, it'll benefit you. And I think, you know, playing summer ball will definitely do that for you. Um, let's go now from, um, you know, let's go now from summer ball. Let's talk about some coaches. Um, obviously, let's go from let's go boys first. Obviously, of course, the big story at Rochester. Obviously, with um Nick Ebola being named the new head coach at Rochester. Um, taking over for Vance Kirkwood, who um was let go at Rochester. Um, and um, I'm really really happy for Vance Kirkwood. He got he got the girls' job at Sterling Heights Stevenson. Um. You know, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but um, but let's look at Ebola. I mean, obviously, we know what he's done at Warnwood's Tower. We know what he's done at, um, you know, leading them. You know, they, I mean, like, he's done a wonderful job with, he did a wonderful job at Warnwood's Tower. And then, you know, that was his alma mater. That was his, um, his school he coached. He led him to a Mac, um, Mac bronze title back in 2018. Um, you know, and then when you look at what he brings to a team like Rochester, I mean, like, obviously that's going to be the key when you really look at Rochester. Um, obviously, um, Rochester has been a team that ever since they went 17, 17 and three, um, under, um, Vance Kirkwood his first year, of course, let's not forget, I was back in the, um, 2017, 2018 year, um, 
let's remember, this team had two very good players in LaMarco Gulich and Hunter Shatler. I mean, two very, very good players. And they just did not, I mean, like, and, and you know, they were 17-3, but they were upset in the pre-district round by Utica Eisenhower. And that was a really, really tough pill to swallow. And then the next year, they really struggled. Um, and then... Kirkwood was building something. He was building a very young team, a young nucleus. Um, when you look at players like um, a Gabe Mendoza, you look at a player like players like Matt Stone, who could um, Matt Stone, I think was going to be, you know, he became a become a huge focal point, obviously. Um, and then you have players like um, then you have a player like Amanda Sadi, Preston Schroeder, Connor Crakem, Lewis Boys. Um, you know, I mean, like, they were building up the program back, you know, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, when you look at the year they had last year, winning six games, but this team won a gold title, which I don't understand, you know, was um, was why would you let a go, a coach like Kirkwood, you know, who gave you a gold championship, your first title since 2017-2018, you know, and, you know, and um, you just let them go. And that's mind-boggling to me. But, you know, they had a guy, a coach in the building, in Nate Ebola, who, um, and um, Nick Ebola, my bad. I apologize if I call his name Nate. It's Nick. Um, but when you look at, Ebola, what he brings, I know a lot of people in the media are very excited about um, his running gun offense. I mean, what he did at Warren Woods Tower. I know it's been very successful. And I know Rochester's got a lot of experience back. So when you look at this hire, you know, it, it probably wasn't in the, it was probably waiting in the wings, probably. It was probably waiting in the wings. And when you look at Rochester, you know, a lot of people say, well, if you want to make a move now, you know, this is your your chance. And you look at a team like Rochester, who's um in the blue division, um, going to be in the blue, playing against the likes of Berkeley, Southfield, Arts and Tech, Oxford, um, Seaholm, um, you know, those teams. I mean, like, um, it's not going to be in Troy Athens. I mean, like. Those it's not going to be easy for them, you know. Let's not forget. I mean, Rochester did have to deal with Pontiac, and they were in the um, you know, in the gold that year. You know, I mean, like, but when you look at moving up a division, you know, moving up a division is going to be a challenge for any type of team. I mean, like, I know Rochester beat some blue teams last year. They beat Oxford, um, but when you look at be playing teams twice. You know, like what they're gonna do, um, and then obviously you're gonna have to play your city rivals, Rochester and uh, Stony Creek and Adams. I mean, you know, we know what Adams has. I mean, like, um, but when you look at this hire, a lot of people are gonna say, "Well, this is a home run hire," and yeah, it is a home run hire. I get it, but I just didn't like what he did to Adams a couple years ago. I just didn't like what he did, but. But it's just my own opinion there. But but what Ebola brings to Rochester is he's going to bring experience. He's going to bring, he knows what he's doing. 
Um, the kids know what they're doing. Um, he's got a veteran veteran team, five seniors, led, of course, by Matt Stone. I mean, like, Stone's had a really incredible offseason, the way he's been been playing. Um, you got Lewis Bowles, who's um, had a really nice year, who has had a nice um Nice summer league as well. I mean, like, and then you look at, you know, you look at others like Preston Schroeder, Gabe Mendoza. I mean, that's going to be a good building block to build on for Rochester. It's going to be a good building block. People ask me, how are they going to do in the blue now? I mean, like, are they the favorite in the blue? I mean, people, are they going to say, is Rochester the favorite in the blue? And I'm going to tell them this. I'm going to be flat honest right now. I don't think they are. Because you look at Berkeley, yes, Joe Sermo lost a lot of talent a year ago, but that JV team went undefeated. Now, I get that people are going to say, well, JV doesn't always translate to varsity. That's true. But but when you look at the situation there, you know, with um, Berkeley, I mean, like, that JV team could play a varsity in a matter of minutes. And I think that could be in a matter of seconds. And I think that's the difference that I see with um with between JV and varsity teams. That was pretty much to me the best JV team I've seen in a long time was that Berkeley team this past season. And they could play against varsity teams right away and hold their own. That says a lot. Um and then you look at Troy Athens, of course, last season they shared the blue. I mean, you still have um, Joanna Bertardo back. You still have um, you still have Christian Jamona back. Um, they don't really have the interior play. You know, when you lose players like Michael, like a, like a Michael Justice or a Jacob Thornton, um, that's not easy to replace for Coach Dave Scott. But they have some players in that pipeline over there, at Troy Athens. That's another team I think can give Rochester problems. Um, Southfield is another one. People are going to say, well, of course, let's not forget Southfield was a team that went down from the white um, to the blue. And I think, you know, when you look at Southfield um, under Coach Daryl Buchanan, I mean, they've been a team that's been up and down. And you look at the Warriors, I mean, like, um, they're going to be a very young group, but that JV team they had a couple of years ago was pretty good. So Rochester had their hands full there. And then there's Oxford. I mean, Oxford's a team that, I really think could be a um they could be a sleeper. I mean, look at who they got back. I mean, obviously, um, you know, you have um you have Esmond in the interior. Um you, you're gonna have um Mitch Viviano. I mean, like you're gonna have um the question for Oxford is are they gonna have enough shooting? And that's the big question. I mean, like they do have a very good talented player. Um cannot get his name I can't remember his name right now but he's got but he's very athletic very talented um but the question for me with Oxford is going to the question for me for Oxford is this is a typical Steve Blade Law team you know not I mean like not as talented of a team but they work their tails off I and mean, I think when you look at Oxford you know putting out and let's not forget they played Rochester twice last year and they beat them they beat them once so when you really look at it here I mean like you know, and then, of course, there's Seaholm. Seaholm, you know, we know they're a defense-first scrappy team. They are replacing a lot, though, so that's going to be really interesting to see what Seaholm does um, with them. So, with Rochester, obviously, um, this is going to be a real challenge for them. 
Um, it's going to be a real challenge, I think, going up into the blue. People are going to people are going to say, well, Rochester's already the favorite in the blue because of the experience. I mean, like, don't give your hopes up. I mean, that's how I feel. Just don't give your hopes up with um, you know, and and especially what Abola is going to do. He's going to do that running gun in the blue. I mean, there's team. I know the coaches in that division real well, and I don't be surprised if they study what Ebola does over there. Um, don't be surprised because, like, if they go back to study his days when he's at Warrenwood's Tower, I mean, like, and I think that's a possibility what they're going to do. So, to me, I'm curious to see how this hire will work at Rochester. I'm just curious to see. Just too many questions when you look at Rochester. I mean, like, how will the kids match with the Bola system? How will um, how will Rochester um, adapt um to life in the blue? Um, you know, I know they got experience, but you know, sometimes you know when you have experience, sometimes it just you know you don't know what's gonna happen. So, but to me, it's really interesting. Um, what a bull is going to do. I know I've heard a lot of good things about him. I've heard a lot of, you know, a lot of people are excited about him coming back into the game of basketball. Um, but for me, I just got way too many questions and that's the question marks that I have, um, surrounding the Rochester boys basketball hire of Nick, of Nick Ebola. Um, I know, don't be surprised. I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if Scott Bernstein writes an article on, him. Um, how big, how this is a huge hire for. I mean, like, I to me, I just got some questions. I got some big, big time questions. Now, do I think Rochester's going to be good next year? Yes, I do. I think Rochester's going to be very good. I mean, like, but the question's going to be is, there's going to have to be a transition period. And that transition period is going to have to happen during the season. And, you know, and I don't know with how these kids have suffered. You know what I mean? They've had... They haven't had a winning record in a long while. I mean, despite winning the gold last year, but they were six and eight. They were upset in the first round by Utica. I mean, so, so I'm curious to see what Rochester does. Um, it's an interesting hire, um, but I just I gotta see Rochester in action, you know, before the um, you know, I know the players, the players I've seen them all play, but it's just how Ebola coaches them. That's the big question I have. Um, what's going on from girls basketball? I mean, like, I know in the boys basketball back a little bit. Um, I know the Ferndale University job is still up as well. So that's another job we're keeping a very close eye on as well. And also, new OA member um, Harper Woods, obviously, they just had a job opening. We talked about that last week on last week's podcast, um, obviously. Um, so we're going to keep a very close eye on those coaching searches as well. So we'll see what happens if, um, you know, on the, on the coaching, on the coaching fronts on the boys basketball circuit as well. So those are, those are some interesting, um, interesting, um, coaching jobs. Of course, um, Harper Woods was not forget they're coming into the OAA. Um, I know this winter, this is the, um, they'd be in the OAA starting this winter. Um, and I've had some, that thoughts about Harper Woods coming in the league, obviously. I mean, like, it's a very good program. But, you know, I'm curious to see what direction they have. They got experience back. Um, 
So I'm curious to see who takes over the reins over there at Harper Woods and also at Ferdinand University. Um, with the Eagles, they got some experience back, um, led, of course, by Samaj McGee. Um, um, I think Rasheed Jones is there as well for Ferndale University. I mean, like, I'm very curious to see where the Eagles go um, with their search. And, um, you know, so I'm curious to see where Ferndale University goes. And I think when you look at Ferndale University in the first year, um, it's kind of a culture shock for them. Um, you know, going, playing away competition, not as easy as people think it is. So those are the two jobs that I'm keeping a really close eye on, obviously, um, with, um, both the, um, with the Pioneers of Hopper Woods and the Eagles of Ferndale University. So those are j two jobs I'm keeping a real close eye on. Um, let's go now from, um. Boys basketball, let's talk girls now. Um, obviously, um, there was a new coach at Rochester Adams um, that was named. Um, Joe Malberg takes over the reins for um, Coach Shea Lewis. Um, you know, I was, and this is a really interesting um, hire. I mean, like, I, 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 to be honest with you, I really like this hire. I mean, I know what Malberg brings to the table. Um, he, last season, he coached at Sterling Heights Parkway Christian. Um, despite the record, he was 25 and 32 coaching at Parkway Christian, but, um, but let's not forget, he, he won 15 games his second year, making the district finals over at, um, Parkway Christian. I mean, last year he kind of took a little bit of a step back, um, going, going six and seven, but, you know, but you might want to get, I, I would give him a pass, you know what I mean? Because, um, you know, going six and seven in a tough league, it's not easy to do, um, but when you look at Joe Malberg, I know him personally. You know, I mean, like what he's done over there at um, Romeo. I've seen him from his days at Romeo, days at Utica, um, his days working at Alma, of course, with um, with the um, legendary former boys basketball coach Adams, John Hall. Um, and then, of course, I know his assistants really well, Bob Leinberger, Chris Flynn. Um, Chris Flynn, of course, is the assistant coach, girls coach at Stony Creek with Kellen James. Um, so when you really look at this hire, I mean, like, you know, Malberg's got indirect ties to Adams. I mean, like, and that's what makes this hire really interesting because, you know, what I like about Malberg is he's intense, he's competitive, and, you know, he knows, and I know for sure he's going to get three programs there. I mean, that's the thing that I know for sure he's going to do. And the fact that Adams last year only fielded two programs, it's just mind-boggling, considering your city rivals, Rochester and Stony Creek, fielded three. So when you look at Adams, I mean, obviously this is a team that's had a ton of success under Shea Lewis, um, you know, um, getting to the district final last two years. Um I mean, like, I think three of the last four years they've got the district final. But when you look at, obviously, you look at players like May, Dalinga, Elizabeth Blaine, and um, Lauren Peters, and um, Lauren Petersmark all graduated, you know, you know there's going to be a hole to fill at Adams. Obviously, who's going to be the scorer? Is it Maddie Kesman? Is it, is it, is it, or Nia Howard? Is it, um, is it, is it a Mabby Drainick? I mean, like, um, that's the that's the big question over at Adams, obviously. I mean, so there's gonna be some players over there at Adams that will do well. I mean, like for Malberg. 
you know, I'm just curious how they're going to adjust from Lewis to Malberg. And I had to talk with Chris Flynn about this um a couple days ago when I said, you know, how is the adjustment period going to be? And he said they're going to adjust fine. I mean, like, it's taking some time. You know, I'm saying, like, you know, there's going to have to be a there's going to have to be a transition period during the season. And obviously that's the case, you know, for Adams, you know, you know, how are the players going to adjust to Malberg? How's Malberg going to adjust the players? I mean, like, so there has to be an adjustment period, but I know for sure what Malberg's going to do is the first thing he needs to do. And I'm going to be flat out honest with you. And I know I'm going to have him on here. You know I mean? Like in my podcast pretty soon, the first thing we say to him, is how is program strength? That's the first thing he needs to address with this new program. Because program strength is probably one of the most important things. You know, because when you look at successful programs, you look at, of course, also teams in the OA that have been really successful based on program strength. Like Clarkston, like Oxford, like Lake Orion, like Stony Creek, like Rochester, like Athens. I mean... Program strength is really, and like Royal Oak, like West, I mean, Royal Oak, you know, program strength is really important. It is really important, you know, to have three programs running the basically just very similar, you know, I mean, you know, giving more kids an opportunity to play. I mean, like, instead of like having two teams where you're having like less amount of kids ready to play, you know what I mean? So when you look at program strengths, um, and I forgot to mention Troy on there as well. I mean, like, that's another team that's been really good with program strength as well. So, you know, so the, when you have program strength, obviously, um, it's going to help you. It'll help you not only in the short, short term, but in the long term. So when you look at Adams, in their circumstance, last season we mentioned they had two teams. You know, and that's unadams like considering that you have a very good middle school feeding system at Van Heusen. You know, you have some kids that go come over from West as well. So when they really look at it, you know, there's no reason why Adams should not have three teams. I mean, you look at, of course, with the boys' program. I know Jared Thomas, the new coach, I mean, the coach at Adams, for the boys, for the boys, I mean, like, he had the same problem. But when he got there, he he had three teams, and look where Adams is right now. Look where Adams is right now. And they're in the red division, program strength, young team, you know, experienced team, veteran team. They're heading in the right direction. I think the same thing could happen here with Malberg. I think the same thing could happen here with Malberg. But the first thing he needs to do is get three teams. Not two, three. And I think he can do that, especially with Adams. Because that is a that Adams is as big of a school they are. You can get kids there. You can build program strength there. I mean, like, so that's the that's my first challenge to Malberg. That's my first challenge, is get three programs. A freshman team, a junior varsity team, and you have, and you have the varsity. It's your program now. That's the first thing I tell Joe, is program strength. That's the first thing I tell. 
second, you know, what I, I'm looking at Adams, obviously, you know, you got, obviously we talked about, oh, they got back, um, Kessman, you look at, um, the younger Blaine, Samantha Blaine is back, um, you have, um, you have, of course, um, Abby Dranick as well, um, Marbury's gonna have to find some scoring, I mean, when you look at last year's team with Adams, the bulk of the scoring really were based on three girls, I mean, I mean, Petersmark, Elizabeth Blaine, and Magdalena. So that's going to be the challenge that for Malberg with this group. You're in the white division. You're, you know, looking at the white right now. And Adams right now, to me, looks like a middle-of-the-pack team right now. And I'm not being mean to Malberg here. But when you're looking at the teams that got experience back, you look at Lake Orion, North Farmington, um, Troy Athens, Oxford, and um, Rochester. I mean, like, you know, maybe Rochester. I mean, like, they've got some experience back. But Adams, to me, right now, is the fifth-best team in that division. I mean, because I know the top four for sure, Lake Orion, um, Athens, Oxford, and um, and North Farmington, they all got experience back. So I'm going to be curious to see where Malberg does with Adams um, in year one. Um, I love the hire, to be honest. I really absolutely love the hire. But I'm curious to see how, you know, the long term for Adams, I think it's going to be really, really good. I think long term, the stability there, it's going to be really good. The question for me with Malberg is going to be, is um this year's team, how is he going to adjust with, can he find scores? Can he find true scores? I know Maddie Kessman can do it. I know Abby Drana can do it. Um, I think Elizabeth Blaine can do it in the interior. But when you look at Adams, um, this is a t- this is a program that I think is going to need at least maybe one to two years, maybe maybe two to three for for them to make it work. Now, with Jared Thomas, it only took him at least two years. So I'm going to give Malberg that as well. I think it might be two years for Adams to um get back to where they've been. And, you know, look at what Malberg, I mean, Malberg, I know he can do quick turnarounds. I, I've seen it. I know the um, John Hall philosophy that he does over there. I mean, the John Hall philosophy. Um, You can get a program turnaround real quick. You know, and... And the seeing those banners every day at Adams, you know, that's going to drive him. And I know that'll drive him. But with Malberg, I absolutely like this hire because I think that, but I do think it's going to be a culture shock for Adams. I, I just think that the culture shock, it's going to have to come, you know, it's going to have to come, you know, I mean, like during the season, you know, that, you know, Malberg and Lewis are two different coaches. I mean, now, but also, who knows? It could be a good thing that Malberg's their coaching because I know at the end of the year there was some turmoil, you know what I mean, surrounding with Lewis, and I know there was. And, you know, it's it's pretty well documented. I mean, like, you know, that I knew there was, it was some uneasiness. But I think with the fresh start at Adams, um, I think with the fresh start, I think players are. I think the players are going to buy into what Malberg wants, and I think the players are going to buy in. Um, 
So when you look at Adams, I mean, like, um, I really do like this hire. I really do. I mean, so that's one. I'm, but I'm curious to see how this is going to do in the white, especially going up against North Farmington, Oxford, Troy, Athens, and Lake Orion. Um, and then we don't know what districts that they when they get released. You know, how where where are they going to put Adams? Are they going to put them? With the Rochesters, they're going to put them back with Lake Orion, Kettering, Ox- Kettering, Oxford. I mean, like, who knows where they're going to put Adams in the districts. Um, so I'm curious to see where Adams is going to be come postseason time. So that's something I'm really, really looking at. So I'm curious to see where that goes. Um, other jobs we're keeping a really close eye on, of course, the Grove situation. Um, not going to go into much detail there. Um, surrounding them. Um, Ferndale is an interesting one because I know a couple weeks ago, um, Sean Butler, the athletic director at Ferndale, um, sent out a, um, who was interested in coaching the team. I mean, I'm telling you, I think when you look at Ferndale, um, I think it's a good place to coach. I mean, I, I know Sean Butler very well. Good man. Um, you know, obviously, we know the success of the boys' basketball program there at Ferndale. Um, you know, getting this Division II state semifinal last year. I mean, last year. Um, I really think it's a good opportunity. You know what I mean? And, you know, I haven't reached out to Rick. I haven't reached out to um, Butler yet. But but if I would say something to... Um, if I would say something to, um, to Butler, I'd say, you know, use Juan... Rickman is a spokesperson, you know, maybe to try to convince some girls in the school district, in the school, you know what I mean, to come out and play. You know what I mean? I think it'll be, I think, you know, you can have the same success you had in the boys with the girls program. So I think that's a possible scenario if you're Ferndale. So I think it's a good option. I think it's a really good option. So, but that's a job I'm keeping a very close eye on. It's the Ferndale one. Um, The girls one, I know... That one's going to be very interesting. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but um, not going to go into much detail surrounding that one. Um, obviously, let's look at the year 2020-2021. Um, want to recap, of course, everything that's went on around the um, entire OA. We've had four state champions crowned. Um, obviously, of course, you've had... Um, I think it was Bloomfield Hills Tennis. They won a state title. Um, they shared it, I think, with Ann Arbor Pioneer. Um, you know, they shared it with Ann Arbor Pioneer. Um, but they had a really nice run in tennis. Um, you look at, of course, obviously, um, Seaholm, of course, winning a... Um, I think Seaholm won a title somewhere. I'm not sure. Can't, I can't remember in my head right now. Um... But um, I think, you know, when you look at, um, let me look at my blog here. I mean, I, I think I have it on here. Um, I mean, like, because um, Seaholm won a state title and um, girls swimming and dive. My bad. Swimming and dive. So I apologize to Seaholm. Um, um, but they won a state title this year. Oak Park track and field. Um, obviously, they girls track and field, they won a state title. Um, and then you look at... Um, you know, this year with their um 
it was a really good performance in the girls' um, track and field um, state meet um, for the night. So, and Coach Brendan Giles. So, it was a really good run for them. And then, of course, you look at, um, and then you look at, obviously, of course, cheerleading with Adams, um, repeating as state champions um, for a second straight year. Um, you got to give them credit, of course. We know the um, powerhouse cheerleading programs. Um, Within the OA, obviously, you have Troy Athens, you have um, Lake Orion, you have Rochester, Rochester, Adams, and Stony Creek. <laughs> all of them, all of them won a state title um, this year. Um, and then, of course, there's football. Obviously, with West Bloomfield winning a state title, um, you know, this year, I mean, like, um, we know what Coach Ron Bellamy had, of course, with Donovan Edwards. Um, they had um, Dylan Tatum. They had um, others who were very instrumental as well. I mean, like, um, you know, <laughs> excuse me, just coughing a little bit here today. But but I think the play that really, the game that really made West Bloomfield season was that game against Belleville. And I think that... Um, the play of Donovan Edwards in that game, the play of that Laker team in that game down there, going down there and just basically like um, exercising a demon in Belleville. That's what I called that game in the state semifinal um, was for West Bloomfield. It's exercising your demons. And that's what West Bloomfield did against a really good Belleville team um, loaded with ton of Division One athlete recruits. Um, I know West Bloomfield's got their first share of Division One recruits as well. Um, obviously, with um, you know, of course, led by then quarterback Christian Jureed. Um So when you look at West Bloomfield, I mean, like to see what they did against Belleville. I mean, they were dominating people left and right. Um, get to getting to that game. I mean, I mean, Donovan Edwards looked good against Romeo. He looked good against um, you know, and then um. And then, of course, West Bloomfield getting that state championship game where they just, I, I, I still, I wonder at times, though, in that game, when I watched that game against Davison, was what if Brennan Sullivan played? Wouldn't have mattered. I don't know if it would have mattered if Sullivan played in that game. Um, but what West Bloomfield did to Davison, which is absolutely just insane, um, giving West Bloomfield their first state championship. Um, and then, um, you know, and then, of course, you know, um, the fallout, you know, with Ron Bellamy um, leaving. Um, Ron Bellamy leaving West Bloomfield. I mean, that was a shock. Um, that was a head-scratcher for me, obviously, um, that um, he would leave West Bloomfield. I was shocked that, um, I was shocked that he left. I mean, and then, but thanks, but, you know, they did, they, West Bloomfield did name a new football coach and, and um, Tyrese Grice, um, the defense coordinator um, for the Lakers. I mean, like, um, you know, he's now the new head coach there at West Bloomfield, and uh, and I expect he's going to do the same. He's going to do a pretty good job over at West Bloomfield. I think he's going to do a really good job there. Um, now, what helps is that he's in a he's in a beautiful situation over there. He's in an absolute beautiful situation. I mean, what Ron Bellamy did at West Bloomfield was just insane. He did a magnificent job. I mean, I know early on he had transfers, but he did something I really liked, and that was build program strengths. 
Um, he built all three. He built the middle school levels. He built the um, freshman level, the JV level. I mean, like, so, like, they're all ready to go, you know, when they get the, when they get up to varsity, you know. So I really like what he did when he was at West Bloomfield. I expect the same thing with Coach Grice over there at West Bloomfield. Um, and I expect West Bloomfield, and a lot of people are looking at West Bloomfield saying, well, is it possible they could repeat again? It's possible. I mean, they got a very, I mean, like, when you look at West Bloomfield, obviously Dylan Tatum back. They got a really good line, and Amir Harris. I mean, they got led by, of course, Amir Herring and Brandon Davis Swan. Um, I mean, they got a very athletic receiver in Samaj Morgan, who I'm really high on. Um, and then, of course, you got Raekwon Nance taking over at quarterback. And, you know, and I've seen Raekwon Nance and playing. This guy's legit. I'm serious. Raekwon Nance is a really legit quarterback. I mean,. I mean, and they they're gonna still run that same offense, the um, run, the RPO offense. I mean, obviously, you know that is a very unique offense in football. Um, so when you look at West Bloomfield, um, everything's right there, primed, ready to go for another state championship run. Um, and they are one of the favorites to repeat heading into next year. So that's very interesting to see what happens there. Um, a lot of success. This year for the 2021 um, group, obviously, um, Stony Creek was a team I um, thought did very, very well in the regular season. Um, I mean, like, Stony Creek was a team that really did well, that really caught a lot of people's attention. Um, And um, when you look at the Cougars, you know, all the experience they lost. I mean, like, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how Stony Creek does in the red um, this season. But what they did this year in the white was just, Absolutely insane. I mean, they knocked off Adams at Adams. That was the first ever win as a, as a school at Adams. Um, um, the play at Cameron Burford was just, he was legit. I mean, like, I'm, you know, when you look at what Burford did, I mean, like, um, I mean, especially in the game against Chippewa Valley where he just went absolutely nuts. Um, you know, I just couldn't believe that. Um, I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? What Stony Creek did. Um, even though me and Ian were both not surprised about it, but I think a lot of people in the state were surprised at what this team did. Obviously, um, Stony Creek, um, that the, the 2021 team was going to go down as probably one of the best teams in Stony Creek history. I mean, obviously, I mean, like when you look at what they did in the postseason, especially knocking out Chippewa Valley, who of course a perennial power, um, from the postseason. That says a lot. You know, that really did say a lot for Stony Creek's program. And I know Coach Nick Merlo, um, he's going to get his troops ready for the year. He's going to get them ready. I mean, I really like what he's done over there with the Armour of Culture there at Stony Creek. Um, another team made a comeback was Clarkston. Um, Clarkston, of course, let's not forget, 2019, they really struggled. Um, you know, and then last year, of course, they... um. And then, of course, they knocked off, um, you know, they had a lot of experience back. I mean, obviously, when you look at a Mike DePillo back, you have Ethan Clark back. You're going to have Davis York back. Um, the line's going to be the question mark. And that defense, I'm still very suspect with that, even though they do got a transfer in there. And um, they do have a transfer in there. I think it, I don't remember his name right now. Um, I'll tip my tongue, but... um. But I think Clarkston's going to be a team to really keep an eye on 
um, this winter, I mean, like this fall, obviously, for football. But Clarkson was a team that, you know, they had a, well, it helps when you have Rocco Spinner, Garrett Gillinger, um, when you had those two up front. I mean, the line's going to be the big question for Clarkson next year. Um, and then, of course, but I was a little, well, shocked about was how they lost to Grand Blank. I still can't believe how they lost that one um, in the semifinals, um, in the district semifinals. Um, just couldn't believe how that game went. So, but, you know, we got a lot to look at, obviously. I mean, like, um, you know, and then basketball, of course, this year, just really impressed with, um, you know, I was impressed with Lake Orion. I mean, like, when you look at the Dragons Boys program, I mean, they had a really nice year sharing the blue with Troy Athens. Um, Lake Orion girls, I mean, won the blue outright um, under Coach Bob Bridges. I mean, like, um, and then, of course, you had Stony Creek winning, um, going on that tear in the white, and then um, and then now they're in the red now. Um, so when you look at Stony Creek, I mean, that's a team I'm high on in girls basketball. And then looking at the um, volleyball ranks, of course, Clarkston, I'm curious to see what they have. I mean, they're loaded again this year. For Coach O'Malley, for Coach Allison Smith, who takes over for Coach Kelly Pinner. Um, so there are a lot of storylines to look forward to with the class of 2020-21. Um, obviously, Clarkson, let's not forget, let's not forget Clarkson made the um, state final, went to the um, state semifinal a year ago where they were knocked out by Birmingham Marion, um, who eventually won the um, state title in volleyball. Um, they did win a state title in soccer. Um, in Division Two, um, so so it was another good year for um, Birmingham Marion sports. Um, I know their longtime athletic director passed away, um, and they did it on his on his memory. You know what I mean? They um, won numerous titles in his memory. So, but it, you know, I mean, like, um, it is what it is. So, but that class of 2021, 20, 2020, 2021, um. I mean, like, a um, lot of great memories. A lot of great memories, not only throughout the um, state of Michigan, but also a lot of great memories. I mean, like, and um, I got to give every, everybody credit. I mean, you got to give the MHA credit. Um, you know, Mark Yule, um, he did a wonderful job. I got to give, um, I got to give the parents, the players, athletic directors, Coaches, a lot of, I mean, like, I mean, for putting everything together, you know what I mean? Everything together. And, you know, we got through this. You know, we had three seasons. I mean, like, I know it was condensed and all that, but, you know, but we, it was a great journey, you know, and I'm really happy that we had all three seasons for the class of 2020, 2021. Um, Really looking forward to the class of 2021-2022 season. Um, hoping we can get some normalcy back. Um, we had some normalcy at least back in the um, later in the um, postseason tournaments in spring sports where um, where you had a lot of fans coming in the stands. I mean, like, you know, so that was just really, really incredible. Um, just really, really incredible with how everything... Um, you know, panned out and everything. So my final thoughts I'm going to leave up to here is this. I mean, like, you know, I wish everybody congratulations to the class of 2020-2021 on a wonderful, successful seasons. Um, I 
give a lot of credit to the administrations, athletic directors, the players, parents, the fans, the coaches, um, video people um, for making these games possible, making these games happen. I mean, like, we've overcome a lot. It's not easy. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, it's about it's about believing in each other, believing in believing in everything. And you know, let's hope for a great 2021-2022 year. Let's hope for a great one. Okay, now I'm going to I'm going to sign off here everybody. Um I will see you all next week everybody. Of course, I'm hoping to start some coaching interview coaches interviews um um, for the podcast, um, coming up, um, we're going to look at my, if you want to look at my rankings, um, my district, some um, previews and all that, they're on my blog at semi semicolon termina blogspot.com. There's the volleyball districts are up. I know the MHA just released soccer and, um, and, um, and cross country. I will put those up in a little bit. Um, I'm curious to see when they release the basketball districts. I mean, usually at this time of year, they do release them. So, if they do, I will be up on my blog at sammysemicolonetermanablogspot.com. Um, as mentioned, so we'll see what happens going forward. All right, everybody, I'm going to sign off here. Um, take care, everybody. God bless all. See you all next week, everybody. Take care. See you later.